0: Relax. This is Fop. I'm Charlie Clawson.
1: I am William James Anderson.
0: How are you, Charlie? I'm good. It's a odd uh, weather today. It feels like it feels cool, but it's also humid. It's that Sydney humidity. Because I just realised, sitting here talking to you, I came in, I came in my pyjamas. I'll you admit did. it. Let it for everyone for theatre of the mind either at home. that
1: or like a British boy band <laughs> from like the late 90s, <laughs> early 2000s. Because you've got a backwards baseball <laughs> cap on, a black cap, and black then hoodie. you've got a black hoodie but like a thin hoodie, like a black thin hoodie and then a pair of sort of black, baggy black pants. Like yeah. if five
0: decided to become six. <laughs> I look like I'm in you, five. You look like you're a member of the pop group five. It's true. Well, I came, I, I just here, to come, I came here dressed for comfort. Mm. But I, what I didn't anticipate is I had too many layers on. And so now talking to you, I'm feeling like a big pool of sweat pooling in my belly. And I'm like, this is going to annoy me for the whole show. Just for people that I'm listening, just know as the longer this podcast goes on. It starts squelching. Squelching. Gross. I mean, do you, maybe
1: there'd be some ASMR people who'd really dig it. What's like ASMR? That's those people who like get stimulated, not always sexually, okay, sometimes sexually, but not always sexually. Sometimes it's just sounds going on, and it, yeah, and it can be like someone opening a oh, packet of chips yeah, or yeah. crinkling the chips or like it, it, you know, close microphone sounds, particular whispers. Like, so if you suddenly just started squelching and we suddenly got like a spike in like our ASMR audience, you'd have to What does it stand for, week.
0: ASMR? Um, Audio Sexual Man Rules? Yeah, that's it. You nailed it. It's amazing.
1: That's a really fucking good guess.
0: Uh, I get that. I mean, I, I, I have a, 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 an element of that. I don't know if it's the actual like frequency of the sound, but sometimes I find myself listening to people. If I listen to someone talk about something very passionately, I do find it to be kind of like, I don't know if arousing is the right word, but when I'm fully engaged and listening to someone be really passionate about something, it doesn't have to be, you know, anything I'm interested in. Like I remember once this taxi driver, we were driving home, and he was an audio engineer, and he was telling me about this, like, this new desk he'd built for his home studio, and he's explaining all the little parts and fuses and stuff, and he was so passionate when the, like he pulled up outside my place i stayed in the car 10 minutes so he could finish the story but i remember feeling like this tingling sensation in the back of my neck cuz it's like wow man like this nah, that's dude cuz he rigged out his uber <laughs> with his audio tech shit he <laughs> good probably name. was testing
1: like he probably had some secret speakers and some vibrations in your seat and stuff so that he could convince everyone he was a good storyteller
0: what if there is cuz the you know the i don't know if it's an urban myth but there's that thing about the brown note right you know what the brown note is no. like apparently there's a frequency like that they'll use the FBI when they're trying to smoke out, you know, some kind of compound or whatever, like Waco. There's a frequency they'll play and it'll make oh, you okay. evacuate your bowels. Yeah. Like, it, you know, it's, you know, it, the, I don't know if it, you Makes can you hear it. Yourself. Yeah, but maybe it's kind of like at a frequency that you can't hear, but they'll blast it and everyone will shit themselves. I wonder if there's a white note where you play it and everyone just comes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that be... Amazing. Okay, the brown note. I've got a couple of Wikipedia pages open and we're only two minutes into the podcast, that's fantastic. but that's okay. The brown note is a hypothetical infrasonic frequency Okay, that would cause humans to lose control of their bowels due to resonance. Attempts to demonstrate the
0: existence of a brown note using sound waves transmitted through air have failed. I mean, who signed up to be the guinea pig for that? Like, I imagine like some scientist calls you and is like, hey, buddy uh coming to the lab you're one of those you're a student making extra money on the side you test like you know experimental drugs and stuff they call you in to say we want to play <laughs> we want to play some music to you, you walk in there's a scientist there in his lab coat just at like a organ the,
1: the scientist is just like <laughs> there's a chance this is the easiest cash you're ever going to make in your life because so far in each of these trials what we're trying to do we, we need to legally explain it to you
0: do they though because with experimental drugs, they say, "Hey, we just want to give you this drug and see what the side effects are. We can't we don't know what they are." So they could say to him, "We want to do this experiment on you. We don't know. There could be a number of outcomes, but they don't get into it. Or do you legally have to tell them? If if someone makes you shit your pants, can you sue them? I think that you
1: should have to legally sign off that at least one of the symptoms might be shitting your pants. Yeah. I certainly wouldn't sign up to something, but... Well, they
0: should give you a nappy before you do it, in case it works.
1: They don't tell you that you might shit your pants, but they do recommend you get into a nappy. (laughs) They say, we can't tell you for the sake of science what we're looking to find out. However... In the locker room, you will notice there is a giant adult diaper. We do recommend you put it on for no particular reason for
0: this experiment. So, what's give me some info okay? On the well, brand that's
1: what I was though. going to say though. So, I'm the scientist. Okay, you've come into my office. You, you up? For, I said, here's what I have to tell you. We have to be honest with you. Uh, we find this is the best way, but we feel like this is a pretty good experiment. We're trying to find a note that will make people shit themselves. So. What we're going to do is play you a bunch of different frequencies and see if you shit yourself. Will it be
0: painful would be my first question. No,
1: painless. Okay. You immediately evacuate your bowels. This is why we're trying to actually uh, work on this. We think as well as like for, you know, being able to use it in tactical ways in the military, we'll also be able to use it to solve problems like constipation and immediately evacuate people. It's going to be massive for, you know, in the anal sex community. These are just, you know, it's it's (laughs) It's community you know, (laughs) just... (laughs) <laughs> clean it out, like you know. You've got a surprise night of action. Yeah, you know you haven't had time to prepare for that. Well, you what's just... that
0: colonic irrigation? It's kind of an upgrade on colonic irrigation. It's contactless irrigation. Well, it's not irrigation. it be an app. It'd just
1: be like a little you know s- signal you could put on yeah, and you can just clean yourself out. You put it next to the toilet. Say you've had a big meal. You're feeling a bit backed up. You just put this app on. It plays this frequency and you evacuate One of those
0: Japanese toilets. You know, it's got all the buttons there anyway. So there's a whole... No need for
1: racial profiling, sir. But it's (laughs) nice to have you in regardless. We're paying $50 an hour. So we're hoping that you might stay in for six hours today. It'll be $300 cash tax-free for the day. How, How long for the day? For the day, three hundred. Three hundred. Well, you're a student. Okay. Like in this scenario, you're yeah. like a university student. Who's, okay.
0: Eating noodles. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, I didn't eat noodles before this. When I, knew <laughs> well, I was got a we be need to for- know what you've <laughs> eaten. This is how
1: many coffees have you had today? Because we need to rule some things out of the experiment. Put on this giant nappy again. We can't tell you what. No, you may shit yourself. That's what we're looking for. But we've done this experiment over 500 times now and no one has ever shit themselves. So okay. Chances are, at the end of the day, you're going to walk away for $300 cash for doing nothing. For yeah. not For not shitting yourself. As long as you can get through those six hours without shitting yourself, um, are you up for this experiment?
0: I don't think I am. Why? Just because knowing the context of of where i am it's an experiment they don't know what the outcome is they to their best knowledge they yeah. think maybe it will be painless and the worst would happen is i'll just evacuate but what if it you know what if there's long-term damage what if like i you know the frequency is so powerful that it ruptures my spleen or something like but that but that's
1: the problem with volunteering for any type of testing right mm. yeah but because... I, I think
0: i would assess the risks of you know you know them asking me to take a pill to test like you know hair regrowth as opposed to... Oh, it's
1: okay. We've definitely already got a pill that'll stop you shitting yourself. So we've got a safeguard in place.
0: Well, isn't a pill that'll make you shoot yourself like ecstasy? Yeah. They, well, that's,
1: yeah, that's true. It's like, they, yeah. keep, they, they think it's this note, but I really feel like it's the couple of pills they gave me half an hour before that note really kicked
0: in. Yeah, the FBI have got the compound surrounded and they're setting up the speakers and one of the guys is like, this is taking an awfully long time. Why don't I call this dude I know? Who's got cash? Who's got cash? We'll call this dude I know. He'll bring around some really strong red Mitsubishis. I guarantee we'll have these guys shitting in no time.
1: Okay, so um, what they say here is the name is a metonym for the common colour of human faeces. Thanks for pointing that out, Wikipedia. (laughs) Duh. Duh. I would say to you, Citation not needed. (laughs) Citation not needed. That's why they should have to write... After bit every bit the of Wikipedia obvious. information yeah. that's completely obvious, citation not <laughs> needed. Burn Wikipedia. Um, frequencies supposedly involved. Welcome to Australia's most popular science podcast. By the way, frequencies supposedly involved are between five and nine hertz, hmm. which is below the lower frequency limit of human hearing. So you that's are absolutely, interesting. You were right. Yeah. In that it would be something that we couldn't possibly hear
0: ourselves. I know a bit about this subject because I've been doing some research for something I'm writing at the moment on infrasound. And so I believe infrasound is anything under 20 hertz. A lot of people, there's a lot of theories out there that a lot of explanation for people having uh, supernatural experiences can be traced back to infrasound. Because there's always stories of people feeling like a sense of dread or whatever, and then when scientists have analysed the space in which this person's been in, they've found like a faulty air conditioner that say it's vibrating and it's triggering that caveman part of your brain that taught you to fear like a saber tooth growling in the grass or whatever. I know
1: you thought it was a visit from the paranormal, but we've just found this box full of magnets. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, here we go. ASMR. What did you guess it was?
0: Um, uh, I don't know. Oral, man, uh, sexy, radical.
1: Okay, so... Part of your problem is that it's not A-M-S-R. It's A-S-M-R. Okay. So, autonomous.
0: Autonomous sexy man (laughs) rules. That's what I think I said the first time.
1: (laughs) Autonomous sexy man rules. Um, Autonomous. uh, The S, actually, you should be able to guess. Think Um, about. sound. uh, Yeah, but think about what sound is and what sonic is. Um, What it appeals to. It's one of your. Senses. Yeah, so autonomous sensory. Yeah. M, oh, now, sounds a little like a hotel chain. Oh. Sounds like a place you might like stay at a hotel or like a resort. Might uh, like be the this. Milton?
0: <laughs> You're actually
1: not too Midges? far away. Uh, Starts well, not with
0: Manta, uh, oh, Mantra. Manta? Meridian. Oh, Meridian.
1: <laughs> Autonomous sensory Clearly Meridian. like
0: the two hotels that we stay at. Yours are a bit nicer <laughs> than the ones I stay at.
1: <laughs> a Response. Uh,
0: Meridians, right, okay.
1: So, uh, is a tingling sensation that typically begins on the scalp mm. and moves down the back of the neck. That's what happened to me with the cab driver. And upper spine. Huh. So he was ASMRing you. Yeah. Uh, a pleasant form of paresthesia. It has been compared with auditory tactile synesthesia. Ah, great. And may overlap with friction. Uh, ASMR signifies the subjective experience of low-grade euphoria Mm. characterized by a combination of positive feelings and a distinct static-like tingling sensation on the skin.
0: Yeah, it's a very distinct feeling. I've had it in other instances in my life where it's a sense of euphoria or goodwill or love, you know, like... When your partner, you know, does says or does something that you know makes you feel really good, it's that it's a re- it's almost like fingertips lightly, gently touching the back of your neck.
1: Um, they thought it was sexual originally, but right. now they think it is, you know, more than sexual. And
0: more than sexual. sexual. I love that song, Marvin Gaye, right? <laughs> more than sexual.
1: Um, all the
0: right. lyrics are contextual. Um.
1: Here we go. The subjective experience, sensation, and perceptual phenomenon of ASMR is described by some of these susceptible to it as akin to a mild electrical current Hmm. or the carbonated bubbles in a glass of champagne. The tingling sensation on the neck in general, called paresthesia, is referred to by ASMR enthusiasts as tingles... When experienced along the scalp, neck, and back.
0: So when you say there's enthusiasts, that to me suggests there are people who who pursue it. Uh, if you're an enthusiast, you tend to devote time to something. Yeah. So are they seeking out frequencies? Yes. I mean, so there's a
1: whole bunch of videos on right. YouTube. There's like millions, probably so, millions of ASMR. videos.
0: So it can be music it can be like the noise of like traffic it can be any any audit, auditory sound i'm gonna see if i can find most popular ASMR. imagine video. if the thing that makes you like your neck tingle is farts like imagine if any time you heard someone fart like it gave you neck tingles okay firstly i'm gonna look up most popular asmr
1: video but i'm actually gonna look up asmr fart because i think <laughs> you'll be surprised that yep the best farting asmr Relaxing ASMR fart bloopers. Fart ASMR. Fart uh, ASMR fart sounds. ASMR video, but the guy can't stop farting the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but why is it, but the guy can't stop? <laughs> People are paying to hear a woman fart in ASMR. <laughs> wow,
0: yeah. shit, man. Yeah, I man. mean, that is, you said this years ago on the podcast. It's always stuck with me, which is like, you know, one of the big dangers of the internet is all the little kinks that maybe you'd be too ashamed to share with people right. of now, like people can feel comfortable requesting a woman fart for them.
1: Well, I'm all for the idea of don't kink shame someone, but mm. I do think that we're yet to understand what the ramifications from going from a society where we did kink shame everything to being in one where we don't kink shame anything. Yeah. There was no it's,
0: transitional phase. It's
1: been a real quick transition between those two things. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but I just think it might have some... You might be able to download a few ASMR farting videos <laughs> that might make the opposite argument. Um, all right, let's look up. Can
0: you look up, like, is there a top 10 of like ASMR? Like, Is there one sound that is yeah, the most popular? 15 most popular oh. ASMR
1: videos that will soothe you to sleep like a baby. Okay. Okay.
0: What's your Um, vibe on listening to stuff as you go to sleep? And my vibe is not. Not me either. I mean, I have done it because you notice now, like on YouTube and stuff, all the ads Mm -hmm. are are for like calming, like uh, calming stories and stuff. And I was just like, I don't know that that's going to be good for your brain, right? (laughs) Being that stimulated right into sleep. To me, it's like I understand the idea behind it, but Mm. I just wonder if we're also distracted with devices and stuff now. And we, our brains need to go back to a time at least for eight hours a night where we're not being stimulated just so it can reset. Something seems wrong about using those devices that are frying our brains. It's almost to, as if
1: they're preparing our brains for being able to receive other messages as we go to sleep from advertisers and marketers and fucking big tech companies to manipulate our behavior. Anyway, watch
0: my new show, The Social Will Emma. Yeah, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Is that that what they cover? I haven't seen this. No, no.
1: That's another one of my fucking Joe Rogan style conspiracy theories. But just because... I think you bang on. I think when it comes to tech, that what the social dilemma is about is a problem that has been very evident for the last five years. I think the shit they're talking about in that has already been surpassed
0: by... Plans, at least. This time
1: has only accelerated our relationships with technology. You have a whole generation of children who traditionally as parents you told to go outside and play or get away from their devices who by necessity have been inside with only devices to entertain them mm. a lot of the time. How does that change the entire world? You go from raising kids as kids who want to go outside and play and do things in the outside to conditioning them very young mm. to be receiving all their messages through technology. I think that alone will have an incredible effect and then the exponential rise of technology and the speed of fucking technology anyway i'm back to
0: thinking the robots will kill us all guys well it's something i'm thinking about a lot obviously having a kid now i've got uh, a couple of friends who have got two kids i think 10 and 8 and they have no devices at all they apart from mobile phones they don't even have a tv they'll i think uh, when they want to see something they have a way of getting a tv but generally when i've visited them the kids are creating games playing music drawing, doing little plays and stuff. It's kind of very similar to probably how most of us grew up. And I'm really interested to see, they're at an age now where I think, oh yeah, innocence and you can keep that bubble. But eventually when they go to high school and are spending more and more time away from their parents, at what point are you disadvantaging them by shielding them from what 90% of the world is doing?
1: Well, I'll tell you what I've been doing. This is one of the biggest things I've noticed with the change in circumstances in the world and my own personal change in circumstances Like, I'm living in the country. I haven't been working. It is by necessity a much more relaxed way to live your life, you know, when you don't have to get up for an appointment or whatever. Sometimes, and I can't remember when I last did this, but now I quite often do it. It's just a nice night and you, like, I'm not, like, I don't need to go to sleep yet. Like, I've been living so much of my life, like going to bed when you're completely tired and, like, having to immediately get to sleep. But I'm actually just going to bed to like think for a bit Mm -hmm. like and sometimes like just create stories or just like use my imagination or sometimes it's generally just to have a little think about life and whatever and then I'll just doze off to sleep and I've found that I feel like just a little bit of time at night to yeah kind of rethink about what my priorities are and what like you know is important to me and just but like in a really really relaxed way how do you stop
0: anxious thoughts from coming into that because I think that would be you know, I know that's what I'm avoiding, you know, when I'm sort of like shortening the time between me stopping reading or being on a device or whatever it is to getting to sleep. It's like, how can I minimize that time between keeping my brain preoccupied and being unconscious? Because I'm terrified that it'll be one of those nights where all my negative thoughts flood in, all the anxiety, and then I get stuck on that.
1: Well, I think that doing it helps. Like, I actually think that the more I'm thinking positive thoughts or just reinforcing at the end of the day what my priorities are and what i think is important then those things that you know are those worries mm. i've re them again as not worries you know those things that when you're in the middle of them you do think are so important that are so overwhelming i've just gone no hang on i reminded myself just before of the things that you know i do think are important and a lot of these things don't fit into that category so the more you yeah. do it the better but also i will say that one of my like big flaws like you know like in therapy and all these sort of things is that i can compartmentalize things very well like and sometimes that means that i don't deal with something that i should be dealing with but it's also an incredible survival mechanism Mm. because i actually am very good at just putting aside my worries recognizing them and putting them aside when Mm. i have time to think about that When I'm caught up in the middle of it, sometimes not so much. But that's what I'm saying. I have the time. And by taking that time, like when this finishes tonight, like it's nine o'clock at the moment and I've got to do Guru and first taping tomorrow. And, um, you know, it'll be a big day, my first day back at work for a long time. But when I was thinking about today, I was like, oh, it'd be great to do this with Charlie. We can just have some fun at night. You know, it's a nice fun way to end the day. Mm. It doesn't stress me out that we're doing this the night before the record. It. It like i've reprioritized this as being something that i don't have to jam in tonight it's something that will be a really nice fun thing to do at the end of my day yeah and then when this is done i'm gonna have a shower and i'm just gonna to go to bed and i'll just like think. have a think about tomorrow and whatever until i go to sleep and i don't think it will worry me hmm. i think i'll feel comforted by the fact that i've like i know there are things that can go wrong it's the first time we've ever done the show in 12 years without an audience like there's a whole bunch of technical issues we've never had to deal with before this, but we've dealt, we've thought about them and we're open to the idea they will happen. I think my thoughts will mostly be positive tonight. I feel, you know what I feel it's like? Like you hear about athletes who say I visualize the game before. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's what I'm doing a lot more of. Yeah. I'm spending a little bit of time before bed just visualizing how I would like things to go or how I think things might go. Yeah. And they're not really at the moment, at least, maybe this will change the more we do grow and I'm back into work. But at the moment, um, there's the, I, I'm not thinking particularly negatively about those things. I'm thinking really positively about them.
0: Mm. It's just for you the, whether you're conscious or not of the worry. Like I think you have a very circumspect way of analysing, you know, the concerns that you might have or the anxieties or uncertainties that the things, that, and giving them air but you don't go back to the well. And I think when you are conscious of it, it's easy to go, okay, oh, this is what I'm doing. You know, I'm obsessing. But I think for some people, and you know, I'm getting better at this. It's a feeling of dread that you can't uh, identify. So you can't put it aside because it's like, where is this coming from? I have this feeling that I'm like, I always have a feeling that I've forgotten to do something that, you know, like even last night. And it's a very common one with kids is you put your kid down and then you'll just wake up and go, why haven't I heard something, you know? And then you start. So last night we had a big weekend and Iona was great. Like, you know, we took her a lot of different places. She met a lot of new people and she was completely pleasant and chilled. And But when we got her home, <clears throat> she was really tired. And when a kid gets tired, they're harder to get to sleep. So it was a bit of a struggle, but we finally got her to sleep. And generally you put them down with a fresh nappy. And I th- thought that maybe she'd done a poo. I wasn't sure. It could have just been a fart. Like, but yeah, I, I wasn't certain. But she just got to sleep. And so I was like. You're
1: like, firstly, what what frequency are you playing
0: over Yeah. Just- <laughs> hey, I like the. Dig what you're dropping there, kid the hairs on my chance, neck is
1: standing up <laughs> is there a chance that kids don't want to shit themselves all the time but they're hearing some frequency maybe that for children's ears just makes them constantly shit themselves
0: oh so so i went to bed and i was like i made the decision that it's better that she gets a night a good night's sleep or at least let her sleep but then i sort of woke up in the middle of the night and was like what if she has though and what if she's getting a rash and all this kind of stuff In the end, I decided, you know, just to kind of go back to sleep and everything was fine. She had a great night's sleep. But the the feeling I had then, like sometimes I'll have without being identified, but it's the same level of going back and forth and what is the right decision, what's the wrong decision. And it can be really – I understand now why people are listening to tapes to get them to sleep because I understand that idea of, well, if I don't open the door at all, I mean, I might open the door and have positive thoughts and positive visualizations, uh, or I might open the door and even if it just comes in for a second, I might have a thought that then becomes like a splinter in my mind's eye. Yeah.
1: No, I get that. And like, without going into it, you know, I like, you know, like have someone very close to me who would be more in that category. Right. It's only a personal observation. Mm. And it's not something that I've always been great at, but I've just noticed a lot recently and I would like it not to go away. It's one of those new things. That I would like to, fight yeah, it's for good. Not getting so busy and not get, getting so caught up in the middle of things. and well, I I'd think like maybe to keep this this chill. I, I
0: think maybe I'm in a transitional period to that. Maybe I'm working towards that because, like I said on a previous show, I've now doing this thing where I just read in bed now. I don't I don't check my phone or an iPad or anything like that, and that's been really good because I used to when I, I forgot, but when I was a kid, like I would read myself to sleep all the time, and I find it's like, you know. I can have those things that you're describing, the kind of positive thoughts and stuff because you're following a story that, you know, is structured in a way to kind of lead you to a certain point. And so you can just give over to that. Um, but I wonder if I'll ever get to the point where I just go to bed and lie in bed and just stare at the ceiling. <laughs>
1: um, all right. I've, I've found a uh, 33 best ASMR YouTube channels. Okay.
0: 30.
1: Number one, Gibby ASMR. Gibby ASMR, or just Gibby for short, or Jibby maybe, Mm. easily delivers some of the best ASMR you can find on the internet. She also engages in role-playing and creates cosplay videos with original characters. She has 2.3 million subscribers. But so
0: are you looking at her or listening to her, or is it
1: both? Both. So I can play you a video if you want. There's a video link here. So uh, let me... Oh, are you, oh, oh! 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 No! Oh! Oh boy! I was about to come
0: round the you, computer. No, you've so. got to
1: come round, but you've got to, like, no, yeah. you've got to listen in the headphones. Okay. So I, I had some headphones on because I was just uh, making sure that I could hear it. You've got to listen in these headphones. So this is just her introducing the video. Okay. All right.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, now it's getting a bit weird. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right, pause it for a sec. Okay, so what we just listened to was uh, this YouTube performer whispering into left and right microphones, just like as if someone was whispering into your ear. But it's at a very, very low pitch. Like... And at first it's appealing because it's kind of intimate, but then I started focusing on the smacking of her lips and the saliva and stuff. That's all part of
1: the, what it's meant oh, to be, right, though. right, right, right. So I'm going to play it. You might be able to hear this. I think um, and, uh, we
0: can hear what we just heard. Now it's grossing me out, I've got to be honest. Uh, yuck, it sounds like someone's got gum stuck to their shoes. <sighs>
1: oh yeah no, I don't like it oh okay Hang on, I, to...
0: I like the idea of it but i want to give it some direction just tell yeah. it to back up from the mic a bit and maybe just like try a glass of water something so sticky
1: um look a lot of them seem to be really beautiful women okay. what i will say so there might <laughs> there might be something that's a bit uh, sexual what do you it, think so. <laughs> well
0: it's weird though isn't it like i i wonder where that kink is originates from if there is some kind of maternal thing going on if it's mostly women I'm assuming most of the audience is men and I'm wondering if it has some kind of like thing of being whispered to sleep by your mother or you know I mean there is some I'll find a man
1: okay this is oh yeah let's
0: hear what a man ASMRs. Is he talking or just chewing something? He's
1: opening a box.
0: (laughs) Imagine, if you will, a part dystopian, part post-apocalyptic world. Oh my God. Where the once separate governments across the globe... Did he write this? Joined together to form a, a new world order. Was or it Dune? Dune. One entity. I find that one less unpleasant, but I don't think it would lull me into sleep. I'm not getting any tingles down the back of my neck or anything. Uh, well, there you go. I, I think the problem for me is I'm... You know, I do voiceovers and stuff, and I'm focusing too much on the terrible technique... Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: But well, maybe you do do voiceovers. Maybe you could get into the ASMR business. I
0: probably could. Should I do some TOEFOP ASMR videos? People yes. have requested before, would I do a sleep tape for well, them? Well, let
1: us know if there's a man. demand for a TOFOP ASMR video. Because Charlie,
0: could I could do, do that. How many likes would we need to get? We'll put it on Twitter and yeah. how many likes we'll would put we to We'll put need a poll. So I Taylor, poll.
1: who's been doing some social stuff for us. Hello, Taylor. Uh, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> I bio. know you poor thing. Um, I'm, yeah, so sorry. You, well, I'm so sorry I'm so sorry could you please come up with some good social media content around our 45 minute discussion of testicles and how much they weigh
0: anyway it's good to have a woman as part of the team so fucking hell Will, we're going to take a little break from the show to talk about this week's sponsor. Now, before we get into that, tell me, have you seen The Social Dilemma on Netflix? I have
1: seen The Social Dilemma on Netflix. I very much enjoyed it, and I'm mad that I'm not doing live shows at the moment because I would like to do one called The Social Willemma. Ah, oh, no. Would have been perfect for me because I've so actually got perfect. lots of material about how surveillance capitalism is ruining our lives. In fact, I did it in a show a couple of years ago that did not have an appropriately punned name, so I should have just held them
0: afire for the social dilemma. Well, anyone who hasn't seen it, they do talk about surveillance capitalism. So basically, that's when that they get tech insiders to explain how social media is engineered to exploit users' data for profit. And hey, look, I am cool with normal capitalism, Will, where I'm a willing participant in the transaction. Like every time I... Walk into my local general store and buy a, a loaf of bread. Well, I don't eat many carbs, so it's not a loaf of bread. I, when I get my when I get my chicken breast and egg whites. I mean, is that really capitalism? <laughs> you've ruined capitalism.
1: <laughs> That's what's wrong with capitalism: that people are using their hard-earned cash to buy egg whites and chicken breast. You know what's really wrong? You haven't even gone outside the chicken. <laughs> Both
0: of those are produced by a chicken. You've taken its delicious egg, and then you've killed it for its breast. Don't be mad at me, Will. Be mad at the people who are harvesting our data so tech billionaires can get even richer. And that's where I draw the line. And that's why I put a layer of protection around my data with ExpressVPN, this week's sponsor.
1: I love ExpressVPN because uh, I've become an unofficial ambassador for them because there are so many good reasons, not just the social dilemma, protecting your data and making sure that people don't suck up all your information. That's a good one for a start. Mm. But also just the capacity to access you know shows that you wouldn't be able to access in your own regions it's actually like it's probably the best investment that you could make that solves so many problems especially that we have.
0: during lockdown especially when we're consuming more tv than we've ever consumed before which means
1: these companies are collecting more data on you than they've ever consumed before so they know your behaviors even more than they have previously and it's a bit of a you know, human centipede style loop because basically the more that you're on these devices and social media platforms, the more data they're sucking up and the better they know how to keep you watching
0: them. That's right. They're tracking your searches, your messages, even your video history. But when you run ExpressVPN on your device, it hides your IP address, which websites can use to personally identify you. That makes your activity more difficult to trace and sell. That makes your activity more difficult to trace and sell to advertisers. You still need to be careful with what you share on social media, but ExpressVPN can make your web browsing more anonymous. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your internet data to keep you safe from hackers and prying eyes. Many VPNs slow down your internet, but not ExpressVPN. It's incredibly fast and it's easy to use. Just tap one button and boom, you're protected. So if you don't like the idea of tech companies exploiting your personal information, then visit expressvpn.com slash TOFOP. That's right, slash TOFOP. That's for us. That's for our benefit. See, that's
1: what I should have done. I told you that I buggered this up. I didn't know how to get the TOFOP thing and I had to put it into the search because by the time All I was right. filling it up and signing up, <laughs> I didn't find out
0: where I was meant to put TOFOP. So I've got to go to ExpressVPN. Dot com, com slash, slash tofop. tofop and right now if you do it you'll get an extra three months of expressvpn for absolutely zero you know free I'm willing to pay for mine but that is a good deal that's right expressvpn.com slash tofop to protect your data go to expressvpn.com slash tofop to learn more and now back to the show
1: But anyway, I think, yeah, let's put up a poll and um, what what do you need? What's your number that you need to, like, do you think to make it worth doing an ASMR video?
0: Uh, well, I think to be, if it's going to be on YouTube, we don't want to be embarrassed if people come to Tofop TV. So... At least a thousand. A thousand. A thousand, yes. Because if we get a thousand views, I'm like, that's that's passable. That's okay. a minimum.
1: That's quite a lot, though. So
0: Well, we should get it. We, I mean, our other videos get a thousand views, over a thousand. I know, what? but a
1: thousand likes on something to get the... How many likes do you need to do the video? We need a thousand views. You don't think we video.
0: could get a thousand likes? <sighs> I, mean, I mean, what percentage of TOEFOP listeners have Twitter?
1: I don't know. How
0: would I know that? Well, I don't even guess. know how
1: many TOFOP listeners are I wouldn't even know who to ask what's in our, our organization. Po-
0: what's our most popular post? How much does that, how many likes does that I get? I don't know. Like, I'm not probably in a few hundred. All right, like okay. I'll meet you halfway. 500.
1: 500. Okay. Well, okay. 500. Well, I guess it doesn't actually have to just be TOEFOP people. It could just be ASMR people who are just more interested in hearing you do ASMR than they are in hearing TOEFOP.
0: And you know what I could do is I could read from TOEFOP 100. I could read the transcript from TOEFOP 100. it's an ASMR
1: version of an episode (laughs) of TOEFOP.
0: I think we can't just give it away. I think it has to be a Patreon bonus. Maybe it's a delay. You get it early on Patreon. Okay.
1: All right. That sounds good. I'm fine with that.
0: Yeah. Uh, well you know what? I've been thinking because I've I've just been uh, playing around with the editing software and I know how to use a green screen and stuff. I've been thinking, oh, what's something simple I could just do at my desk? What's a bit of video content that TOFOP listeners would like? A reading. So but you have to get
1: like not just your voice. Yeah. But it's gotta be about like like when that guy sat down and opened his box. Okay, and, like, you know, you've got to well, I'll get the book out, yeah, I'll the crunch book. the book. Exactly. Oh, you wanna,
0: do you wanna direct it? It's like, well, all I'm just saying is <laughs> cut to Will in his folding <laughs> chair with his bullhorn and action. No, cut, Charlie, ruffle the pages.
1: Yeah, that's what you need to be in two relationships with directors. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> shit, you do, of course. You need another director Can in you your life. Can you imagine... You're a man who's just like, please tell me what to do.
0: I, Gemma must never know if I do this.
1: <laughs> Can you we'll imagine? Will
0: directed it. Yeah. All right, yeah, okay. So 500 likes, Five. run a poll. Okay. Should Charlie do this? Yeah. If it gets, does it work out like that? Yeah, I guess we can work out percentages. We'll,
1: just do it, Charlie. We'll see how it goes, and then we'll just do it anyway, probably. <laughs> um, um, all right, we have some mail. We Here's have it.
0: some mail. We have a lot of mail. I don't know if okay. it was last week's episode. A lot of people felt that Tubular Balls was a uh, return to form for TOEFL. Return don't know. to form? I feel like we've been... Uh... In good form. Well, I get maybe not a return I've to form, but a return to an older style of type. I think the three
1: hundreds have been good for us.
0: Yeah, I reckon so. But I feel like maybe for some people it's like when yeah. you see like uh i don't know the beastie boys right. and they play something off license to ill yeah. it's like they want to leave that part of their career behind but yes. they know that there's a couple of but you, yeah. a couple of things they can pull out yeah, there will get the party moving that
1: is an excellent example i know that we use beastie boys for about every third example <laughs> or something but that, that one that one really fucking works
0: <laughs> okay this is from alan and the subject is waltzing matilda Kiora, alan ducksfield here from across the ditch on a recent episode, you happened to mention Waltzing Matilda as the unofficial national anthem of Australia. At that very moment, I'd been thinking about that song. It's a bit of serendipity. Not sure if that's the right word for it. I believe it is. It caused me to finally email yous. Well, I'm glad it didn't make you shit your pants. <laughs> I'm
1: glad that our podcast... Did he say yous or print. did you say you? He said yous. Yeah,
0: typical New Zealand. I've been thinking a couple of different (laughs) things. Terrible (laughs) joke. I'm
1: so sorry. I apologize.
0: I've been thinking. uh, Don't yeah. Don't alienate New Zealand. That may be the only show place we can tour to when we can do shows again. We have a
1: bunch of listeners in New Zealand, and uh, they are good at contacting me. So actually, I don't know if we have a bunch, but we have a very vocal uh, New Zealand. uh, Because I get messages from people who listen to the show in New Zealand all the time, and I would love at some stage. I mean, I would love. If we could become big enough in New Zealand that we could go and do some live shows in New Zealand, that would be awesome.
0: Do you reckon there's a comedy club in New Zealand or was there like a comedy festival that was like Kiwi comedy but comedy was with a K? Absolutely. (laughs) Without a doubt. There was the Kiwi comedy company. The KKK. That's why it ended. (laughs) Someone finally picked it up
1: and that was the tragic end of the kiwi comedy <laughs> company the original kkk they were around before the guys yeah. in america and they didn't have con
0: the fruitero. they had alan the Aryan.
1: one <laughs> <laughs> couple of days
0: <laughs> uh okay i'd been thinking about a couple of different things about waltzing matilda how strange it was that i can remember being taught to sing this at school despite being an australian song And I was in New Zealand schools. How bizarre it was for little school kids to be taught to sing a song about a criminal getting chased by police and deciding that suicide was the only way out. Just wondered what your thoughts are on kids learning a song about suicide. I wonder if they still sing it. Also, how odd was it to have school assemblies and just all stand up and sing random songs? (laughs) Yeah, that was odd. (laughs) That was really fucking odd. Keep up the good work. I look forward to hearing this letter read out in a few months. Well, you know what I like
1: about that is? I think it's typical New Zealand. They're like, "This is our favorite song." It's got an Australian who dies in it, <laughs> kills himself, and they're all criminals. Yeah, they're all. This is our favorite song because it teaches young New Zealanders what you should expect of Australians: that there are a bunch of criminals, and they're better off dead.
0: I mean, it is surprising though that they sing it in New Zealand, or would it would even be like in popular culture well, At our
1: primary school we would sing advanced australia fair and then dave Dobbin's slice of heaven <laughs> so no,
0: there's a there's that one song uh, the pocari pocari cariana we would we learned that on the recorder pocari oh, yeah. cariana yeah. so i guess it does go two ways mm. uh this is from joe oh and what was his other question should kids hear songs about suicide yes i think so that's probably the best way for them to learn about it i think nick cave i'd prefer though which which one which one does he oh, all of them <laughs> What about the Screaming Jets?
1: Well, that's a Nick Cave song. Is it? Yes. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, the boys, uh, whatever his band was, Boys Next Door or whatever they were called. But that's, right. yeah, that's the Shiver. Screaming
0: Jets. That is a cover I of, didn't know that. Yeah. No, no wonder it was so good. <laughs> I was like, the Screaming Jets have really pulled out a great song. <laughs> I actually, I thought, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, this is from Joel. This was pretty sweet, is the subject. Dear Will and Charlie, I was taken aback today when I offhandedly commented during a conversation with my wife in flow with the discussion at hand uh, that um, like that time I type occasion when her alternated reaction implied instantly that she had no idea what I was talking about. I simply couldn't believe I'd never told her this particular story as it is a favorite of my childhood memories that I really do enjoy retelling. I think back over all my celebrity encounters over the years. Not a lot. But a few I'm quite proud of. A quite drunken warm embrace with Taika Waititi is a clear favorite. Bit yeah. of a Kiwi vibe to this yeah, uh, mailbag. It. An amazingly sweet and sweaty post tenacious D concert Jack Black salutation is also right up there. That yeah, is good. This is a good list. But this is something else. I thought you guys may enjoy the story, especially perhaps Charlie. So here it is, but now in the style of Dr. Mm-hmm. Zeus. Fucking, I'm like all over this. <clears throat> the sun was a shine. In my head I did say, today is just going to be a good day. A day can be good in the easiest way, but this day had a way that I'm just about to say. The kid was my friend, who was nine, turning ten, and the party was close as we drove round the bend. The bend, in the end, led straight up to my friend, whose party and fun, only sunshine, could end. It was there I could see it, the grass and the hill and the shimmering ice Oh, the ice, what a thrill. With a towel for a saddle, we'd sit on the ice and race down the hill. We would never think twice. A few races down, a few races down up. Then we stop and we see a who that we knew. But who could this who be? I will tell you which who was the who we we would greet. The who was none other than fucking Gary Sweet.
1: Oh, my God.
0: With his interview done, he came over to chat. Then he looked at our ice and he said, what is that? We explained, then I said, hey, how about a race? And Gary, sweet Gary, the look on his face. Gary and me lined up, up the top, both sitting on ice and just waiting to drop. Three, two, one, and we're off, racing down, down with speed, neck and neck. Then Gary fell off to concede. Ah. To sum up my story, what more can I say? I raced Gary down a hill on some ice. What a day. <laughs>
1: I mean, what a fucking story. And so well told, so well written. And Australian icon Gary Sweet. I know a few stories about Gary Sweet that I cannot tell on yeah. this podcast. Seems
0: like he's got a, quite a colourful life that he's led uh, Aussie actor. Um, okay. This is from Mark. Two colon fop with love. Colon fop. I think he's taking like the piss out of our two col- t- colon fop. Two colon fop. You think? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Is that what you've deduced from no. that? No yeah.
0: shit, Sherlock. Hi, no. guys. Citation <laughs> not needed. <laughs> <They're> not needed. <laughs> Fucker. Hi, guys. Longtime listener since episode 30. Just want to say thank you, guys, for the years of entertainment and introducing me to other podcasts such as The Dollop and The Weekly Planet. Two great podcasts. You should definitely listen to those. Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, I am not a medical professional. By the way, before we move on to this, I was going to email uh, Meso because I listened to the latest Weekly Plant today and he made this offhanded joke where he was talking about, uh, you know, that story about Sasha Baron Cohen tells about wanting to do the Queen movie and they were yeah. like, you know, Freddie Mercury dies and blah, blah, blah. And then uh, Meso made the joke that, yeah, you know, why didn't they have the scene in it where they get Terence Trent Darby as their new lead singer? And I immediately was like, it wasn't Queen, it was in excess. And then I was this close to pulling out my phone and being that guy. <laughs> To say hey, may so. Terence Trent Darby actually was a replacement lead singer for Enix. And I was like, what are you doing? Don't be that guy. <laughs> Great show. You should listen to it. Long time listener. Uh, thanks for recommending. He would have f- been spewing about that though. <laughs> you reckon? Because
1: we would have got so many messages. And like, he's so good. Uh, if you never listened to the show, like Nick Mason is one of the quickest wits. Like, you know, that you haven't heard of if you've not heard that show because he doesn't really do anything else. And so you only really are aware of him. He's like this genius comedy dude. It's a bit like Gareth, if you don't listen to The Dollop, right? They're these guys that are just, they're not on Saturday Night Live or they're not on some, you know, Netflix special or these sort of things, but they're just kind of comedy geniuses. And Mesa so good at always just picking that exact right thing.
0: I'm sure that he's like, (laughs) (laughs) ah, buddy, Terrence Trent Diarby. Unfortunately, I'm not a medical professional, but I could. As, but I, if I could sneak onto the bandwagon, I would. My very first software developer job was building software for aged care homes, which helped aged care workers with their daily tasks and helped secure funding from the government for their patients. Well, I guess that's Hero. kind of a medical professional. Hero. I would also like to apologize to Will for something I did over 10 years ago, oh, okay. when I jokingly called him Adam Hills yeah. after one of his gigs in Perth. Dude. What I mean, about we've about made about a podcast out of that joke that
1: guy (laughs) that that one time that
0: happened i remember this also i am looking forward to seeing charlie uh looking forward to listening to charlie's dad pod once my baby is born uh hopefully maybe a future doctor in april next year good luck mark uh good luck mark with having a baby and yes you should listen to dad pod we're up to episode three you can find it on acast or wherever you get your podcasts this next bit of mail will is from charla or is it yala Is it J A A? Yeah, Yala. Jala. Jala. Cruzy Jobs. Hey guys, I just listened to episode 312 and you chatted about jobs that are perceived as nice. My dad was made redundant a few years ago from a high-level government job, but as he was nearly 60 years old, it made it nearly impossible for him to get work despite his qualifications and experience. So... He too had to go into those entry-level jobs that they are always advertising. Meter reading, did some amazing things for his health and fitness, a lot of walking, and he was able to listen to podcasting and music while working. But he was hospitalised by one meth addict and threatened by many more, as well as attacked by countless dogs. I'm sorry, that's awful. So that's something that you might take the pleasant edge off that career move. Yeah, like hospitalised by a meth addict and attacked by dogs. Yeah, I hadn't taken that into account. <laughs> That's definitely a deterrent. Uh, He then moved into being a bike postie. And while that was better, you are not allowed to wear headphones. Plus, just like the newspaper job, Charlie, you have to return to the office quite frequently to refill. And there's a tight time constraint that you're expected to stick to. So as our government is still in denial that your industry needs any support to kickstart again, perhaps you should look in different directions for your new careers. Keep it up, Jala. Uh, Yeah, but the postie one, I guess you're dealing... The guy on the motorbike, he can outrun a dog. I think that would be okay. If I could get back to the male centre on a bike, like a motorised bike, and then have to pedal. your headphones. Yeah, I think that'd be alright. I think I'd be okay with that. I mean, who knows? I might have to do it soon. <laughs> this is from Robert. All game discussion topic. Two Colin fop, long-time listener, first-time writer, still here after going all the way back to the start. <laughs> Don't Happy
1: put- for people to go all the way back to the start, but... Ease your way into it. Start with the new episodes, go back to the old episodes and
0: stop when you feel uncomfortable. Anyways, in a recent episode, you guys talked about AI and robots and made me think. Yeah, this episode. (laughs) Yeah. Every episode. Citation not needed. (laughs) If you guys have seen or played the game Detroit Become Human, it could make for a classic TOEFOP wiki dive about the plot. To sum it up, you play as multiple androids and robots who are living different lives but end up as deviants breaking code to make decisions on their own but it follows the story of revolution of a revolution for the androids and dependent on your decision depending and dependent on your decision depending on how it ends but i think you guys would enjoy a wiki dive on this love the podcast and hope you guys keep it up for years to come ps not a doctor but i do have a phd a pretty huge dick <laughs> for fuck's sake i hate myself but it sure does fit the theme of last episode and then in brackets he wrote 312 tubular balls <laughs> Citation, not needed.
1: Uh, Well, that's an up-to-date letter, though. Yeah, it's great.
0: I told you, we had a a flood of letters. Uh, I haven't played that game. I'm not a gamer at all. But it does make me think, to your earlier point, about what are these relaxation tapes and video games actually prepping us for? A game in which you are helping an AI learn about what decisions it could make to take over the world Probably sounds like a learning machine trying to gather as much data as it can to successfully take over the world.
1: Like I mean, I've been thinking a little lately about that idea of how appealing it would be to be offered the opportunity to live a different life. I think the times when you have to consider what else you might do with your life, you you actually start to try on different lives to see which one feels most comfortable and. It, there's probably a time in our near future where that's a service that gets offered. Like you can go in and you can hook up your brain and you can play a game where it's not you being AI, but it's a game where you get to go back to university mm. and, and make a different choice and like play that out. And I think that would be appealing, which also opens the, I think the technology for that will be soon. Yeah. Like in, in our lifetimes. And I think that people would find that appealing, which then opens the possibility that what we're living right now is nothing but us playing ourselves on some sort of already evolved AI.
0: Simulation, for sure. There's a guy that I met... It's bloody simulation, man. I had a very uh, 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 confusing conversation with a guy who was like 10 sheets of the wind, but he was talking about quantum physics, or at least his grasp on quantum physics.
1: I think everyone has a a little grasp of quantum (laughs) physics, don't they?
0: Well, he kept grabbing this tarpaulin because we were standing underneath this tent and he was saying that like, I think his point was, because I was talking about the observed state, you know, the idea that something something can be in two states at the same time. And he was saying, yeah, man, he's like, because there's reality and then there's not, but, you know, they're the same thing in the way you perceive them, but then that, you know, you need that to stop you flipping out and to not knowing which one each one is. And I'm like, well, I guess that's kind of an observed reality and, you know, that it's like... You're looking at it and it's solid. And every time you look, isn't that... Solid? I mean,
1: here's what I will say, firstly. Like you're deciding this, that it's going to be solid. I think solid you dis- gave a, this guy a lot of credit about his grasp of quantum mechanics. <laughs> I really feel like anyone who starts a sentence with, yeah, man, has automatically disqualified themselves. And it's like, it's just like this table and magnets and shit, man.
0: Uh, yeah, he was, he was an interesting dude. We, we this was par- he? Well, this party we were at... Um, uh, it was for a friend's birthday, and everyone gave yeah. up and, and stood up and, and gave us, was, was asked to stand up and say something, you know, give a speech. So, right. this is when I first met yeah. it, and this is my favorite memory. And then, sort of, his went the longest, and I was like, Oh, that's interesting. There must be old friends. And then I found out afterwards, he'd, he'd been, he was, a, he was a plus one. <laughs> he'd just arrived. He's like, Oh, he's got a lot to say. Caught up in the moment. Yeah. Quantum <laughs> physics and all that, yeah. man. Uh, Two Colin fop. Charlie, so excited to hear about you reading sci fi on your Kindle. I really recommend N k jimison and also a course of ursula de guin do you know any of the, either of those authors no
1: have not read fiction for so long i would like to get back into it but
0: i, I i'm the, i was the same it was all like biographies and you know i'm i i thought uh i tried with audible because i thought that'd be a good way to get back into some fictional stories but i i find it easy to tune out of an audio podcast and it is when you're actually concentrating on the page and i'm finding it quite rewarding uh these are brilliant and thoughtful imaginings of other worlds With really interesting explorations of gender, sexuality, and social constructs of both. I'm sure they both mention testicles at some point. Oh, I'm in. Okay, (laughs) five. Would love to hear your thoughts you have on, uh, thoughts you have about them. The books, not the testicles. Recommend The Birthday of the World and Always Coming Home by Ursula and The Broken Earth by NK. Yay. All right, I'll get into them. The thing about my Kindle is that, do you have a Kindle? Do you read it? No. I, I I like book books. When I read book books, I like to give myself like a target. So I'm like, okay, you can stop and you get to 15 pages. Right. Cause sometimes I need a bit of a, you know, like a goal or reward. Like, and so I'll set that.
1: <laughs> reading cannot be its own reward. I need to
0: have turn it into a, a sport. Yeah. Can you read 15 I pages? I like...
1: gamify this experience of reading.
0: Well, I think it's more that I need to sort of set some boundaries. It's yeah. like, cause otherwise I'll just keep reading till 3am. And it's okay. like, you no, know, you'll do 15 pages yeah. and, and that'll All be right. done. Yeah. But with the Kindle, I don't, I'm sure there's a way, there's a, like a page view, but I don't have it set to that. It's set to some fucking other number. And so I nev- I'm a bit disorientated. I, I don't, oh, it gives me a percentage. So I know I'm like with this novel, I'm 15% through this novel. Right. Because don't you think knowing how many pages you have to go in a book helps you kind of like if it's a fictional novel and you're getting close to revealing who the killer is, you're like, oh, it's wrapping up soon. So it's got to be one of these characters that she's interacting with now
1: um or do
0: you not like not knowing
1: i i guess because i'm not reading a lot of fiction it's yeah. hard to answer maybe if i was reading fiction yes that would be a thing that i like yeah. but because like today i bought jerry seinfeld's book he's, he's written a book like it's all this material from his entire career like five decades or whatever it is and it's all these jokes right. and he's just written this book and then he does a little bit of stuff in between but not much set up Mostly just it's all these routines. And I read like 350 pages of it on the fucking plane because it's all pretty light reading. Yeah. But... um, On the flight down here, you read yeah. 350 pages yeah. in an hour. In a, yeah. In a, in Holy like, well, shit. I got it at the airport, so probably like an hour and a, an a hour. half. Yeah, wow. That's but, impressive. Yeah. yeah. But no, it's pretty light reading. Like right. it's not like, you know, you don't have to... Like it's not like, what's that character? No, Red yeah. Like, it's, you know, it's observations about airports and stuff.
0: I read um, uh, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, which is uh, now a movie on Netflix, which uh, a lot of people were raving about. It's this kind of, like, existential kind of, and... Uh, it's
1: about the dude from All Matilda. Yeah. It's based on his story, right? <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a swagman yeah. you know, looking for a jolly jumbuck. <laughs> Camps by Billabong under the shade of a yeah. coolabar tree.
1: And he says, he saying as he uh, watched that billy, jumbuck in his billy, billy. Boyle. <laughs> I'm thinking of ending this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the trooper came down. He said, you'll never catch me alive, said he, because I'm uh, thinking, thinking of ending things. things. <laughs> um, the way it's written, it's very kind of, uh, I don't know if I'm using the right word. It feels like existentialist, like Albert okay. Camus. It's They're playing with reality and it's there's not a heap of plot to contend with. It's more about this character's inner monologue and her experience of things and her paranoia. Boring. And, well, here's the thing is like when you're reading it, I was like, oh, well, this is building to something. Yeah. Like, what is going to be the big reveal? Like, why is this reality so fractured? You know, what is she seeing these things? You're not seeing these things. And because I didn't have the page count, I was like, wait any second now, oh, this feels like it. And it, was, it just felt like, all right, come on, come on. And then they get to the end and look, I'm not going to spoil it, but I found the ending to be like, what? <laughs> like, and then sort of have to go back and be like, Huh, ah, yeah, that's a bit of a, a bit of a letdown. I didn't think it was the genius kind of Shyamalan type twist that uh, 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 a lot of people think it is. But it was just that thing. I don't know if maybe that was because I decided I want. I was thinking of ending things, the book. <laughs> I wanted the book to end, and so I kept like I was hyper focused on air and now and then it kept going. And so you should then... do an
1: Amazon Audible review. <laughs> yeah.
0: I was thinking about ending things.
1: This book <laughs> citation not needed
0: uh all right this is from ryan uh gritty reboot of santa you may have seen this hey lads given your penchant for gritty reboots i immediately thought of you when i saw this trailer mel gibson as a gritty santa who's done some work for the u.s military He's being hunted by a bounty hunter walty got walter goggins walty goggins and he's hired by a kid who was naughty once and santa gave him a lump of coal it's everything 2020 needed uh needed in a movie Uh, yeah have you seen the trailer over this no because
1: uh, I've made a bit of a choice again Mm. it's it's, it's probably all in the same area but I'm just not engaging in things that I have no interest in yeah and as soon as I see Mel Gibson in a movie unfortunately like I wish that I wasn't Mm. but I just am in a place in my life because I liked Mel Gibson you know like growing up and but I don't think I like Mel Gibson and I'm not really interested in what's going on with Mel Gibson and I'm not particularly excited that he has a movie. I like Walter Goggins. Yeah. But I just, I didn't even, I saw it was trending and I didn't even bother reading what it was about. I was just like, I'm not interested in that.
0: I did watch the trailer and I was like, nah. I thought it looked naff. And look, I uh, have seen Mel Gibson films and I am kind of interested in what he's doing. Not because of his personal views, but just because it's like, he's such a... He's such a fucking oddball, Mel Gibson. He's kind of like... If Gary Busey was maybe 30% less insane, he'd be Mel Gibson, I think.
1: Yeah, all right. Do you reckon? Yeah.
0: But I don't think Gary Busey's ever done racist, anti-Semitic rants. I mean... Or abused women.
1: Not that we've heard Not of. that we've heard of.
0: Uh, this is from Justin. Will's plane incident, gents. Long, uh, long time listener since day one. Love the podcast. Have enjoyed the progression of the episodes of the year. I'm an Aussie that's been in Queensland for the last ten years now, and I haven't been able to make it to see Will stand up. But I'm dying to hear the story portrayed in Will. I am. Is that what the show's called? Will Eagle. Oh, Will Eagle. He wrote. Oh, he wrote William, and I read it as Will. I am. <laughs> Now that the show is over, uh, is he able to share the story on the pod? would love to hear it anyway. Keep on being awesome and sharing the great content.
1: Uh, the show is not over, is, would be my answer to that. Um, I've got actually some plans um, that I think I'll, I'll give it a break. I'm going to put the show away for a while. and just like. Um, but I think that at some stage in the future, when we get back to being able to do shows and stuff, I've got some plans to maybe do some different things with it.
0: Do an ASMR version I might of do it. it. I, might do it. Well,
1: I think there is a couple of different things that I could do with it. Maybe I will do a couple of but I'm going to take my time and uh, put it away for a while, put that part of my life away for a while. But s- sadly, it does mean that I can't spoil it on the podcast yet, but um, it will. it will come back at some stage in some different form, I think.
0: Hey, this is from Craig. Hey, Charlie and Will. Episode 312, Tubular Balls. Mm. Long-time listener and patron, first time, Tofop Responder. Well, thank you for your support on Patreon. And if anyone out there listening would like to support the show in a way other than uh, love and kindness and and your attention, you can go to patreon.com slash Tofop and sign up for any amount that you can afford. It's a monthly deduction from I've your nominated a account. a of
1: people recently mm. incredibly generously offer to like, give a huge like a genuinely quite a substantial lump sum and what I've said to them and I would say to everybody is it's as much as that would be lovely to just get a whole you know bunch of money right now it's better for our planning and to know what how many episodes we can do and how we can run the website and that we can pay everyone consistently for you to sign up for a year, so if you have fifty bucks mm. and you just can sign up at the you know the five dollar level or whatever the four dollar level of for a year, yeah, that's kind of better than just like a one-off donation for it, us. Of,
0: yeah, because it helps us plan. We know yeah. what we've got each month, and, and so that's the has really been quite What stupid.
1: the Patreon is most important for that we can cover all our costs and we can sort of keep growing what it is that we're doing. But it, a consistency of the base of it is what is really important. And I understand that there's not people who can contribute all the time, but if you say you had. You know some of these people had like 500 bucks, and, mm. and I was like, Well, just if you want to sign up at a high level for a year, please do that, that would be fantastic. But, um, signing up, you know, for a, a longer period of time is more helpful for us to understand what our finances are.
0: It's also probably worth reminding people that if you do sign up at a highest level, which is $20 plus, like we'll be honest. Uh, you sign up for any amount, you get access to 90% of yeah. what is on Patreon. We used to tier it, but then we're just opening yeah. the whole thing up. No. The one... Sign up
1: for the lowest amount, you get most of the content.
0: Yeah. Uh, was, but there is a, a reward for people who sign up for 20 bucks or more. It was originally the TOEFL 100 book, the transcript that I'll be reading when I record my ASMR video. Um but we're down to our last few of those. So Will and I have a bunch of tour posters, uh, from our 2014 and 2016 Melbourne comedy festival shows that we've autographed. I'll be honest with you. When I grabbed them from Will, it was pissing down with pissing rain. Down rain. So there's a whole bunch that went into my recycle bin. So there may be, uh, you know, some council workers <laughs> who have got some ripped and torn, uh, Tofop posters. And all they the are
1: wall. old tour posters. So they're in like, we, I discovered them in a box in my office when I was moving house. And, uh, um so some of them have a bit frayed edges and whatever well but, i've
0: weeded out the worst ones okay, Yeah, cool. they are not like brand new but they are fine they're fine and if you have a problem with it and there's an issue and you want your 20 bucks back then well you know we can talk about it but come on man be no, cool but
1: they're no they're perfectly they're good it's a good price genuine tour posters and yeah. they're two really amazing James Fosdike art pieces and we've both signed them all.
0: Yep. so uh, uh, next month, that will be the new uh, level because I've got to send out these last books. But as of, if you sign up or upgrade to $20 as of November, you can get yourself a tofop autographed poster. Uh, Craig continues, the imagery of Charlie trying to start a conversation with that guy at the beach about how scrotums are affected by gravity stronger than Earth's and getting absolutely nothing in response was hilarious enough. But nothing better demonstrates how TOFOP is a comedy conversation between two old mates than you two turning that so- topic into the majority of content of an episode of your funny little internet radio show. Well played, both of you. Uh, Thank you. It also makes me wonder how many other perfect TOEFOP topics and conversation starters Charlie tries on with other people other than Will, only to get weird looks in response. Maybe next parking inspector confrontation, channel your best rigs from Lethal Weapon crazy vibe. and hey, we were just talking about... <laughs> Mel Gibson, and ask him about his balls under extra gravity. <laughs> Regards, Craig, uh, can you please read my full name out? I don't give a fuck. Okay, Craig Harvey, PPS, how long before you get Jimmy Barnes on Melosophy? I've asked. Oh.
1: I don't, I have not heard anything yet, but we are asking, or we have asked. Um, I would love to have him on, and I do know Jimmy, and um, I would love the fact that he come on. And speaking of our other podcasts, we have a afl adjacent uh podcast it's like this but kind of about football yeah um and it is called two guys one cup an afl podcast and this morning i had a classic example of what craig has just talked about where <laughs> i misjudged something that we find funny in one of our worlds and took it out into the yeah. real world and realized it did not belong in the real world because i was doing uh, breakfast Radio to promote uh, Gruen and I was talking to Nova about AFL 360 and that was going fine because we were talking about I was on a camera and we were talking about all the various camera angles and I was you talking an about AFL topic, 360 and we were talking about that but then I start talking about how Jared wants to eat Robbo <laughs> which is this running thing that I've been obsessed with like Jared Whiteley like being a cannibal and wanting to eat Mark Robinson and like I suddenly realised as I'm saying this like that this is not (laughs) appropriate. It makes no sense out of context. So then I've got to make a joke about that. But then as I'm digging my way out of this hole, uh, Jonathan Brown, who is part of that show, who is an AFL footballer who works with Mark Robinson and Jared uh, Waitley at AFL 360, he goes, actually, you're not far wrong there. I think that is it. They don't really talk off air. And then Jared just looks at him like he wants to eat it. (laughs) Oh my God. That's amazing. I was like, yeah, I think I might be onto something.
0: Wow, that's the opposite of what normally happens. My big uh, fault is often, especially when we're recording, when I'm recording at home, is I'll walk out, Gemma will say, how'd it go? And I'll say, good. And sometimes she'll ask, what did you talk about? about? (laughs) And the amount of times I've gotten like 15 seconds into something and I just see her like nod and look back at her phone <laughs> when people do that they don't verbally say i'm not listening but her eyes just go back to her phone yeah, i'm like we're, oh we're yeah good. don't worry about it so
1: anyway we firstly we were I mean, how, often how have, much testicles weigh
0: and then that led us how often have you and i when we've been in the same place we've done a toe fop and we've come out and amy and jem you know are in the kitchen or whatever and they've asked us, and we've gone into an enthusiastic recreation only to have them stop us dead in our chats. Like, we fall for it every single time. They ask us, we start, they ignore us. I mean,
1: literally, this podcast exists so they don't have to hear those conversations. (laughs) Like, you know, if we're having them with each other, then they don't actually have to hear them.
0: Yeah, I don't know anyone else that I think that I can maybe... There's probably elements of TOEFOP that I could throw around to different individual friends. But if I was to do one of these, like a yeah. starting talking about the brown note, then moving into a, a deep discussion about anxiety <laughs> and switching off from devices and now finishing with... I, I don't know there's a lot of people who would follow me on that journey and I don't blame them. I don't blame them. No,
1: fair enough.
0: I say this to, uh, uh, to an audience of people who've been following us on this journey for 10 years.
1: I appreciate you guys are involved in it. I you're complicit i mean yeah i mean i imagine if we couldn't have that like we're so used to having these conversations now like it's been over a decade of our lives where we've had like a you know mostly i mean there were some periods in between but mostly like a weekly catch up with each other and just talked absolute (laughs) fucking nonsense it's like if it went away you'd be like
0: what am I going to do with all this bullshit? Like, yeah, like, like, seriously. I've got blue balls of the mouth. I need a machine
1: that will make me shit myself because I I'm am backed up with, nonsense. with so much shit right now. Maybe this podcast is the equivalent of the brown note. Right. In that this is where you come and you get out all your, evacuate all your bullshit. Flush
0: that bullshit. And
1: then you don't have to take it back into your relationship.
0: That's pretty good. Don't flush that bullshit. Flush that bullshit. W- Australia's number one medical podcast. (laughs) Dear chaps. uh, This is from Bruce. Bruce. Dear chaps, your testicle weight appreciation Mm. prompts me to tell a testicle story. When I was 13, I had a case of twisted testes. This is when the cord that supplies the blood to the testes gets twisted. Uh, I am aware of this. as a I've told this story before. There's a kid at my school whose Martin, surname Martin Deeper Twister.
1: Yeah. No, what was it? Yeah. Deeper Twister. <laughs> yeah. Deeper Twister. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Again, in the early episodes. <laughs> Go back if you want. Stop when you feel uncomfortable. Um,
1: <laughs> as Martin did. No, don't.
0: <laughs> the first I know of this was waking up one morning in school holidays with a dull ache in my left testes. I told my mum straight away. He took me to the doctor. He took one look and said, "Take him home." pack a bag and take him to the children's hospital. I'll tell you on the way. What do you mean? Like, was he going to get in the car with her? Does that happen? The doctor's like, I'll drive. (laughs) We don't have time. I'll tell you on the way. (laughs) That's how a screenwriter, like, does an exposition dump. (laughs) It's like, well, we can't just have the doctor tell her it's boring. Have them them in action. Have them driving the hospital. I don't have time. (laughs) I'll explain on the way. (laughs) Does that happen? That doesn't seem like... I mean, look, I'm not questioning this obviously very pivotal and traumatic memory. I love
1: this doctor. I love this doctor who's <laughs> just like, we have no time. I've got, my vault is charging in the car park. <laughs> Get him in the back seat. We're going to your place to pack a bag and then straight to the children's hospital.
0: No time to explain. <laughs> take him home. Pack a bag and take him to children's hospital. I'll tell them you are on. our oh nose <laughs> oh, I'll tell you.
1: I'll, I'll tell them you're on the way.
0: I'm glad I read oh, that for no. a second time. Cause I was like Just put the mother out of her misery. Okay. The children's hospital was a 100- hundred. I will tell you once you've packed your bag. <laughs> I like he's the action doctor. She runs outside thinking of getting in his car. He gets on a BMX, puts a helmet on, throws two to them. What? We're gonna Yeah, get on the handlebars. You stand on the spokes. I'm gonna pedal you there. Doctor Action. <laughs> doctor Action. I'd love it if Doctor Action listened to our podcast. The Children's Hospital was a hundred kilometers away. We were expected admit. Uh, we were expected, so admission was very quick. I was in the bed by four p.m. when a doctor came in and asked me if I minded some interns coming in for a quick lesson. Not knowing what an intern was, I said yes. A few seconds later, twelve interns of assorted genders watched the doctor whip off the sheet and say, "Now, here is a classic case of twisted testes." <laughs>
1: The classic, the Curious Case of the Twisted Testicles.
0: Now that sounds like a Doctor Zeus novel, uh, book novel. When I got home after no, novels, <laughs> <laughs> <Dr. Seuss laughs> when I said so I've been reading my Kindle, I've
1: been sitting down with some Doctor Who's novels. You know, the man has some strong opinions around <laughs> Green Eggs and Ham. And <laughs>
0: <laughs> when I got home after the surgery, my dad gave me some great advice. The dog hasn't seen you for a few days. Be careful he doesn't jump up on you. Mm. Yeah, that is good advice, Dad. Anyway, I now have four kids, as far as I know. The
1: one piece of advice that my father ever gave me. <laughs> he turned to me and said, Son, you better keep away from that dog with your twisted testicles.
0: <laughs> anyway, I know uh, I now have four kids, or as I know, as far as I know. <laughs> so me and my classic testes are all good. But I later met a chap who was not so fortunate and ended up a uniballer pay attention to your boys lads pay attention what's a beautiful story to end with bruce i'm so glad it worked out okay it is weird that kind of um you know doctors what's it Magda zabanski used to have a character in fast forward where she was this doctor who had no bedside manner and the whole thing was like she would just like blatantly say what was wrong with you and comment on you know your anus and your balls and all that kind of stuff it's weird isn't it that That's a defence mechanism for them, right? They're going to defuse the situation by just saying, here we go, he's a classic case. If if
1: we're going to wipe your ass, then...
0: Yeah, we're going to just make it... Right. I don't know if I agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) I think I want to be lied to. Don't... Don't just make it a blue collar. We're just going to have a nip and a tuck around there. Just, just fucking use scientific terms. Mate, we're just going to get you your confidence. ball back and yeah. we're going
1: to untwist your fucking fellas.
0: Yeah, don't, I don't want you to sound like a tradesman. I want you to come and sound like a fucking maestro.
1: Yeah, mate, it's going to take a while for parts, but <laughs> I reckon I can get this job done. Yeah,
0: I'll just put my hand up there, have a bit of a knock around, see what I can feel. Just. Oop, that's twist your prostate. Them down. Yeah. Oh, there we go. I <laughs> think I got them now, mate.
1: They're like worry balls, aren't they? Look at this.
0: Uh, All right, that's it for this episode of Toefop. Don't forget to check out our our website, tofop.com. There's lots of great stuff there. You can also sign up for our mailing list, which is uh, a newsletter that comes out at the end of each week. It sums up everything that's going on. Uh, (laughs) You're all right there? Will's microphone is just... The
1: microphone did not make it. It it was
0: thinking of of ending things. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, there's lots of great stuff on the website. You can find all our podcasts, but also you can sign up for our mailing list, which means you get a newsletter every week, which at the moment is really just a recap of the week's podcasts. But um, we are doing uh, live shows in the future, hopefully. And uh, the first one of those we're doing, well, it's not a live show. It's a live show for us, but it's going to be on Zoom. Is a two guys, one cup, junk time, AFL grand final show. So traditionally, Will and I would do that show in Melbourne with Michael and Rosie from Junk Time. Uh, but we're going to do it via Zoom. So if you're a fan of football or just a fan of like four dudes talking about football, but not and really th- talking about football. And
1: the thing is about that show is it's super fun. Like we've been doing it, what, since 2016. And it's a really, it's just like one of those things that again, doesn't have any real reason to exist but has become a bit of a thing and we didn't want it to go away. Mm. And it opens up the opportunity with the Zoom that people who ordinarily couldn't have gone to that because it was just a live event can actually, uh, you know, be there in the audience and and see it and take part in it wherever you are. So, um, yeah, it'll be really good fun.
0: Yeah, so you can go to trybooking.com to find tickets for that or you can sign up to our newsletter and you'll be given updates as we get closer to the date. But for now, I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson.